Hi, ladies. You guys can have a seat. <laughs> all right. Wow. I am so happy to see you. I've missed you all so much. I know that we see each other, but like, I miss you here. Just, just the girls and Paul. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, did you all have a good break? Good holidays? Is everything good? Are you all good? Yeah? Okay. All right. Well, your faces are all beautiful, so I'm going to take that as you're all good. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for um, just gracing us here uh, with your presence, Lord, with these women, with each other, with fellowship, with worship, God. We thank you, Lord, for um, Noemi and Amy, Lord, bringing us to your throne room, God. We just praise you for that, Lord. Bless them, God. Bless these ladies all here, God. I ask that you would speak to them just personally, Lord. I invite you here, Holy Spirit. I pray for anyone here that just, just needs to hear from you tonight, God. I ask, Lord, that you would give them ears that are open to what you want to tell them, God. I pray that you would love on them, God, and that each woman here would just feel enveloped in your presence, God, in your nearness. God, just bless this teaching, bless um, what's happening here tonight, our group times, our fellowship, God. We just give it to you. We surrender it to you, and we thank you, God. You're so good, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so teach us, Lord, your songs. And I've just really enjoyed this series that we've been going through, um, all the teach us things. And so the songs are just... They're special, and I've had such a fun time um, thinking about music and songs and singing um, for the last couple um, months as we've been preparing. So though we were on break, we weren't on break. We were praying for you all. And so anyway, um, tonight we are going to do an overview of the psalm that we're actually memorizing Psalm 100. So I pray and I hope that it just whets your appetite for the rest of the songs that we're going to learn from here on out. So since we're going through Psalm 100, um, I thought it would be important to know what a psalm means. And does anyone know what psalm means? You probably do. Songs. It means a sacred song. And I love that. And I was thinking all of the things and the people that sing. You know, children sing, working people sing, happy people sing, lonely people sing, afraid people sing, right? Grieving people sing, lonely people sing, out of tune people sing, like me. Um, grateful people sing, right? Creation sings, doesn't it? All around us. There are songs for every mood. And every song creates a mood. Isn't that true? Isn't there times where you can be like just walking around the store and all of a sudden a song comes up and you're like, I'm in junior high. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. And you start going through all of the emotions and you're like, thank you, Lord, that I'm not actually in junior high. <laughs> like who would ever go back to junior high? Raise your hand if you'd ever do junior high again. Nobody says it. Yeah, nobody. It's hard. It's hard. But every song really does create a mood. 
it's obvious that God is the creator of music because music is all around us. Song is all around us, right? We hear birds chattering. We hear butterflies fluttering. We hear, we hear the wind whirling, right? I think it's amazing. I love to hear rain dropping. Um, I love the sound of waves hitting the shore. So beautiful. And in Texas, we get to hear hail falling, right? That was a new one when I moved here. That, that was crazy. Um, but when you go to a spa, does anyone ever get like a spa day treat? I really don't. But if you do go to a spa, what do they often play? They play the songs of creation, right? Because creation is relaxing because God made creation, right? So that's what they play. They play the songs that get you relaxed, right? And God is the best musician of all. Um, we miss so much music by just hurrying about, right? Just by rustling, just by going from one thing to the next. We often miss so much. We often miss truly the sounds of creation. We do because we're not listening. And I love, I love color and I love art. And so often I think about what are all the colors in heaven? And I like to imagine what heaven must look like and it must be full of colors that we cannot even begin to fathom. But this week I've been wondering, what are the sounds of heaven? What if the colors are blowing my mind? What would the sounds be doing? We have hints, obviously, throughout the word. But, oh, I love to think about that. Um, Maria von Tropp, do you guys know who she is? The matriarch of the von Tropp family, um, singers from the sound of, the music, sound of Music. She said this, music acts like a magic key to which the most tightly closed heart opens. I think that's pretty. So I'm very partial to the United States Marine Corps because I married a Marine and I love Marines. And I'm gonna show you this really quick clip of these Marines. They're in a schoolroom and they're about to face battle and they aren't depending upon their battle gear. They're not depending upon the government. They're not even depending upon the camaraderie of one another, yet they're singing together they're crying out to the Ancient of Days in song, and it's beautiful. So, what do I say? Roll, roll it. <laughs>
we're like that too, you know, we might not be going to an actual war, but we are in war all the time, right? Do we cry out to the Ancient of Days? Are we giving the Ancient of Days an oorah, like calling upon him? If you want to turn quickly to 2 Corinthians 20, you can. Um, we're going to look at verses 3 through 4. As you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But um, this is an example, a great example. King Jehoshaphat, he was the king of Judah at this time, between the times of Solomon and Daniel. And hostile enemies had come, and they'd uh, gathered against Judah to destroy it. So if you're there, look. I, I said Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, Second Chronicles. No Jehoshaphat in 2 Corinthians. I'll read it to you guys. Wow. Anyway, okay, King Jehoshaphat, I'm sorry, in 2 Chronicles 20, he was king, right, between the times of Solomon and Daniel. I'll say it again. And hostile enemies had gathered against Judah to destroy it. So in verses 3 through 4, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And then look down at verse 17. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. The Lord says this, position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out, go out against them for the Lord is with you. And then look down at verse 20. And it says, So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing, to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire, who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Don't you love that? So he sent out his army not to fight, but to watch what God would do. And who did he place in the front line? His best singers. I love that. He placed his best singers. Um, many years ago, I shattered my elbow. And Paul and I were in Oregon with our six-month-old little boy. And we were hiking and we were doing, um, it's called Australian rappelling. So rappelling is kind of when you're bouncing off of a rock with a harness. Well, we turned our harnesses around and you kind of go face first. It's more fun. And you kind of look down and it, it's safe. Um, anyway, I was about 150 feet up and I, my son was not with me. He was in a baby carrier like any good parent would have on the ground. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, the rock kind of had an overhang before it went vertical. And so as I walked over that overhang before I started to really bounce, um, I slipped on moss because Oregon is very wet. And when I slipped, the rope swung, and I swung and slammed my elbow into the side of the rock. 
And it was so jarring um, that I must have had an incredible adrenaline rush because I began to laugh. And Paul said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And so I had a job to do. I had to get down off that rock. And so I got down, and it was an ordeal. I kind of passed out. We, we had a huge gorge we had to get out of. So anyway, we got out of this gorge. We drove to the emergency room, which was like an hour from there. And they said, you have to go home um, to California because you need surgery. And so um, I went home, we went home. I had surgery, and um, I have a bunch of screws that hold my elbow together. And here's the problem. When I woke up from anesthesia, I'm extremely allergic to narcotics, like very violent. My body hates them. And so we, they sent us home. And as I began to come to, I was in such pain. And there was nothing that I could do. And I don't know if you've ever felt pain where you can't pray for yourself. Like you're just like out of your mind. Um, All the moms are like, yes, (laughs) actually. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I asked Paul, um, can you just sing worship songs to me really loudly? And you know what? It It was like a lullaby. Honestly, it really did work. It, it really worked. And not that he, it wasn't him, it was just the Lord using song to minister to me, and I slept. And that just goes to show you God's heart. It's a silly story, but God's heart towards that crying out, because praise is a cry out in desperation for the Lord. And just as I began to prepare for this study, I continually have thought about songs and how we sing, and why we sing, and the different types of songs we sing. And we know from Zephaniah 3.17 that God is revealed as a singing God. It says, The Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And then we know that the angels sing. It tells us in Job 38, 7, that when the morning stars, that's the angels, sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Jesus, he sang at the Last Supper when he instituted communion in Mark 14, 26. It tells us, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. David prophesied about the coming Messiah through song, through song in Psalm 22:25, when he said, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. And the song of heaven to our Savior is found in Revelation 5:13, where it says, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The very last psalm that's recorded is a song of praise. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So tonight, again, we're going over our memory psalm, which is Psalm 100. So if you want to turn there quickly, you can. Um, It says right in the middle of your Bible, it should be easy to find. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Look at all the verbs in this short psalm. It says things like make, shout, serve, come, know, enter, right? So these are all actions in the form of directing us into a relationship with the Lord. This, is, this psalm shows the importance of communion and intimacy with Lord. It's showing us that he has lordship over our lives, right? Um, but we have to be willing, right? To have that intimacy with the Lord, we must have a willingness, right? So he's directing us in the psalm, you, the, the ball's in your court, come, shout, serve, know, enter. It's in your court. He's telling you how to do it. So here's the outline. The first point is singing is a proclamation. We see that in verse 1. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. So there's an exhortation there, right? Make. So we're instructed immediately in the first verse to do something. Right away, we're instructed to do something. And throughout our day, we're given responsibilities, right? Children, make your bed. Moms, make us food. Dads, make us laugh. Dogs, please make your potty outside. <laughs> um, to the Lord, make me to be at peace with you, right? So all through the, throughout the day, these things are happening, and they're all essentially choices we have, right? We can really not make people do something unless there's punishment in order, right? We really can't. We choose to make when we submit to God's lordship over us. We choose to do that. We have this, this free will, and in the psalm of thanksgiving, the psalmist wisely tells us to make the good choice of making a joyful shout. So um, it, it, made me, it reminded me of Psalm 23, too, where it says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We still have a choice there, and it's our Savior gently puts us in a place that we can feast upon him. That's what that means. So there's an exercise here, right? The exercise is a joyful shout. And C.H. Spurgeon said, Our happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. A cheerful spirit is in keeping with his nature, his acts and the gratitude which we should cherish for his mercies. So this is an exercise of gratitude. It's not just an, emo an emotional like, woohoo, right? It's because our feelings are like roller coasters, right? They change. Um, but joyfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. And so it's evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you can have joy, it's evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So feelings fluctuate, and though joy can evoke a feeling of happiness, it can also... Um, be there in some of our deepest sorrows, right? We can still have joy even in our deepest sorrows. Galatians 5.22, we know this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control, right? Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. As I sat many years ago and prayed with a really good friend after she had a mastectomy, um, I knew her physical pain, and it was bad. And you can see it in her eyes, and even though it was masked with a beautiful smile, it was still there. And when I showed up at her house, her desire was to serve me. And I entered her house to minister to her and was met with a tray of hot tea. And it took me aback. She's normally someone who's very soft-spoken, but she was more so as her pain was real, was so real and she was just jarred from the trauma that had been injected upon her. And I took the scene in and I wanted to serve her so badly and yet I found myself being so deeply ministered to. And I know you know how that is when you talk to somebody that's known pain, you are ministered um, to by them. So we sat and she showed me her incisions and my eyes flooded with tears and she hugged me just more lightly than usual. And um, she had this just big, genuine smile and her countenance was so stunning to me. And I thought when I drove away that what it was was a joyful exclamation to a good God. That she had understood, she understood that her God was good. Not her situation, but that her God was good. And she learned um, Nehemiah 8.10, right? Which says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's beautiful. So this is a, a proclamation for everyone. It says, all your lands, everyone everywhere, should cry out and praise the one and true living God. Revelation 15.3 says, They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested." The second point is singing is a privilege we see in verse 2. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So we are to take action in our relationship with the Lord and we're to serve. And how are we to serve? It is through gladness, right? So the word serve in Hebrew is abad. And it means to, to do work by labor. And it means to be a worshiper. So when we willingly serve, we do so because we understand the privilege of it, right? That's what service is, is when we get the privilege of serving, right? The outflow of that is joy, right? It's the outflow knowing we don't deserve it. It's a privilege. And we get people like Hannah who called herself the maidservant of God, right? Which means a slave of God by choice. We get David, who was called the friend of God by God himself. And we get the apostle Paul, who called himself the bond slave of Christ. And they served with gladness. The word gladness is simcha in Hebrew, and it means a blithesomeness or glee. It means exceedingly joyful. It's a word used for myrrh, 
for pleasure and for rejoicing. And we see that word used in Esther 9.17 after the Jews were spared from the death, of, the death at the hands of Haman. Right? They instituted a feast, the feasting of gladness called the Feast of Purim. So that's where we see that word. So we are to come before his presence with singing. Do you know that singing is the chief way to praise the Lord? That's the chief way to praise the Lord. The third point is profession. Singing is a profession. We find that in verse 3. It says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And so this is an acknowledgement to God, right? Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we approach a holy God understanding we didn't get here by ourselves, right? We are not self-made. We cannot actually pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, right? We are calling out to God. He is God. I am not. We would be in a very hopeless state, right, if we tried to fix everything ourselves. And I'm sure many of us have tried, right? I know I have. I've tried many of times, and I get nothing but actual disaster and frustration, what could possibly be more beautiful than singing to the Lord our understanding of who he is? Do you know that God does not care if you don't have a good voice, right? The scriptures tell us to make a joyful noise, right? So if you, you aren't on the A-list for the worship team, um, that's okay. You can sing in the shower. You can sing in your car. You can just sing and let people think whatever they want. Who cares? If you're in Hobby Lobby, go for it. Just sing. Just Sing with those songs, right? Um, that beautiful hymn, I Know You Know It, um, by Frances Ridley Havergill. It's called Take My Life and Let It Be. There's a profound phrase in there, and it says, Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. And she wrote um, about her own thoughts about this hymn, and she said in her own thoughts about this to the Lord, Take my voice. And yet, you will not let him have it, speaking to herself. You will not let him have that which costs you something just because it costs you something. And yet, he lent you that pleasant voice that you might use it for him. And so I pray, and I prayed as I was writing this, that our voices would be just an arrow to his goodness, right? Just a beautiful harmony um, professing him to this world that desperately needs needs him but also just professing our own gratitude for his goodness so sing sing turn off your your radio on the way home and just make up your own song <laughs> and the fourth point is singing is praise and we see that in verse four it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name so we are to recognize God publicly. Um, it says in Ephesians 2, 17 through 18, And he, Jesus, um, came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So because of Jesus, we have permission to enter into his courts. 
So he gave us that, right? And we have the privilege of fellowshipping together as one body, which is the church. So I see that here, and Noemi touched on it, is when we hear all, when I hear all of you women gathering together and singing to the Lord, I literally, Noemi said the same thing, I literally imagine like the Lord's smile. I can't even imagine what that must sound to him to have his daughters gathered in a room, like singing praise to him together corporately, right? Because that pleases him. We are one body, one church when we're corporately singing praises to him. That is so beautiful to him. It glorifies him. And do you know who it really makes mad? The enemy, the enemy hates praise. He hates it. You know why? Because it reminds him of his fallenness. It reminds him that he's fallen. When we praise God in truth, God is near. So should we just make the enemy mad and just praise and praise and praise and praise? Absolutely, right? We want to glorify the Lord. The fifth point is singing is peace, found in verse 5. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generation. Ladies, men and women aren't good. God is good. And his mercy is unchanging. It doesn't ebb and flow depending on his mood. It's unchanging, right? He is truth. He says what he means, and he means what he says. He's not flippant. He's not um, changing with the, the seasons and the winds. He is who he is. He does not ebb and flow. He's truth. He's good. And that you can hang your hat on. And no matter the circumstance, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much this world is different than heaven and how hard it is and how painful the trials are and how sad you might feel, God is good. His truth endures forever. His promise for you is true. Heaven is the reason we live. This is not heaven. And we get so mistaken when we try and make this heaven. We're so disappointed. We're so disappointed in one another. We're so disappointed in ourselves, right? We're even disappointed in God when we think this is heaven, right? This is not heaven. Things aren't perfect here, right? But we serve a God who is unchanging, who is forever, who is the yes and the amen, right? He is the everlasting father. He's the king of kings. We are going to him, right? There's so much to be thankful for. We must anchor ourselves to that. We must be reminded often when we're struggling, God is good. God is truth. This is not heaven. You just, you have to remember that. We have great peace once we understand the character of God, that he's merciful and that he's good. It's why Christians should be the most joyous people on earth. We should, be, we should shock the world. We should go out with our heels clicking every morning, right? With our hats tipping, our heels clicking, just shouting the goodness of, of the Lord because we're going to heaven. We don't have to manufacture joy we don't have to be talented. We don't have to have money. We don't have to have things that we can offer. We don't have to be super funny, right? We simply and profoundly have every reason to have true and, and true and deep and awesome joy for the Lord, right? Our soul should cry out always. 
Psalm 22, 3, but you are holy enthroned in the presence of Israel. So I'm going to end tonight with this hymn by Horatius Bonar, and it's called Fill Thou My Life, O Lord, My God. So if you want to close your eyes, the lyrics are absolutely beautiful. Just take a, just take a minute to just hear from the Lord. It says, Fill thou my life, O Lord my God, in every part with praise, that my whole being may proclaim thy being and thy ways. Not for the lip of praise alone, nor in the praising heart, I ask but for a little life made up of praise in every part. Praise in the common words I speak, life's common looks and tones, in fellowship in hearth and board with my beloved ones. Not in the temple crowd alone where holy voices chime, but in the silent paths of earth, the quiet rooms of time. Fill every part of me with praise let all my being speak of thee and of thy love, O Lord. Poor though I be and weak, so shalt thou, Lord, from me and me receive the glory due. And so shall I begin on earth the song forever new. So shall each fear, each fret, each care be turned into a song. And every winding of the way the echo shall prolong. So shall no part of day or night from sacredness be free, but all my life in every step be fellowship with thee. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you have given us every reason to be joyful, Lord. We are going to heaven, and I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that we could praise you in the happiest moments and the saddest moments, God. I pray that you are unchanging and that you meet us in whatever situation we're in, God. I pray tonight for these women. I pray those who are in a season of just doubt or doubt over your goodness or just feeling like you're not there, God. I pray that they would cry out to you realizing that our feelings aren't true, but you're true, God, and you love them and you care for them. You're a good shepherd, God. A good shepherd cares for their sheep. You are not a hireling. And we praise you for that, God. I pray that you would hold these women close to you. That they would lay their struggles at your feet tonight. That you would put your healing balm over them. I pray that your blessing would be upon our group time and our fellowship, God. And may we always, always, always worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, oh my goodness, there's so many of you. This is awesome. I love that. Kim was amazing. She always, ama I mean, I feel so humbled when I hear her teach. I'm like, how'd she do that? It's so good. Okay, did you notice in the video the one Marine that wasn't moving? Yes. His name's Martha. And I'm pretty sure he picked up all the trash when they left. <laughs> but, you know, we love him because he takes the trash out and cleans the drains and all that good stuff, but um, you know what? Junior high was the worst, but I can tell you, I know one person that might have liked it, and that would be my husband. He likes to sing. He does have, and you know what? He used to sing, believe it or not, y'all can give him a few jabs. He used to sing in weddings. He would sing solos, 
and he would sing in all of the school productions. And in seventh grade, he played, and I've shared this before, he played Friedrich in Sound of Music for the Von Trapp family. Um, so yes, if he, he don't, don't tease him too much because he, he doesn't use his voice near as much as he should anymore. But um, I do want to share, you know, I, I deal with a lot of pain, and I'm kind of like him. I can't have Tylenol. I can't have uh, ibuprofen. It absolutely swells me up. And I have actually experienced that just singing, usually in a church setting when I hear all the voices and just the whole crowd singing, the pain just leaves. It's, it's, um, I don't know if it's a dopamine or endorphins just flooding your brain because it's just so amazing. But... Um, we, um, we know that he will rejoice over us with singing and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So we proclaim, we serve with gladness, we profess that he is God, we praise his holy name, and we have peace because God is good. So we're going to break up into groups, and then make sure and get a cup of hot tea on your way to your groups. All right. <laughs>